0: Hello, and welcome to Moving Markets by Julius Baer. Please listen to the important legal information at the end of this podcast.
1: Good morning. My name is T. Warris. I'm an investment writer at Julius Baer in Zurich, and I'll start off today's episode with an overview of what's happened in the markets. Well, markets are rather jittery after last week's sell-off of risk assets with fears of a global recession looming due to the rising volatility in global markets, from slumping equity markets to currency turbulence, with central banks scrambling to control domestic inflation as a result. Yesterday's headlines were dominated by the pound sterling, which plunged almost 5% against the dollar to 103.50 when markets opened yesterday in Europe, reaching a new all-time low versus the dollar. Throughout the day, however, it recouped most of its losses and bounced back to around the 1.08 mark amid speculation that there may be emergency intervention from the Bank of England to stem its battered currency. But both the Bank of England and the UK Treasury failed to calm markets when they indicated investors will need to wait until at least November for a broader policy response to the fallout from UK Chancellor Kwasi Kwarteng's mini-budget last week with its massive tax cuts. This morning, the currency is trading at around one zero eight versus the dollar. However, there is growing speculation among investors that the pound could slide to a level virtually unimaginable in recent decades, potentially falling to parity or even beyond. Markets will eagerly await the Bank of England's chief economist Hugh Pills' comments on the currency and UK interest rates in a panel talk at lunchtime today. We'll have Dave a bit later here with our researchers' view on the pound. In the US, the S&P 500 fell about 1%, with the only sector to finish flat being consumer staples. All other sectors detracted from performance, the biggest laggards being energy and real estate, both contributing minus 2.6%. Tech stocks also fell with the NASDAQ 100, also trimming any gains it made yesterday, down 0.5%. And unsurprisingly, given the market sentiment, the VIX index is up 7.8% to 3226 In fixed income, the 10-year US Treasury bond yields fell 1.3 basis points to 3.87% overnight after rising throughout yesterday's session, while the two-year yields are down 0.8 bips to 4.31%. Over to Asia now, where markets were cautiously attempting to stabilize earlier today following a wild couple of days, with the dollar easing a little and stocks trading largely sideways. The MSCI's broadest index of Asia-Pacific shares minus Japan fell 0.1%, while Japan's Nikkei index closed up by 0.4%. Meanwhile, traders are bracing for more pushback from China's central bank as the yuan approaches its lowest level in 14 years. This morning, we saw disappointing data out of China, with its industrial firm profits having shrunk at a faster pace between January and August, as the country's strict zero-COVID policy restrictions and a deepening property slump weighed on domestic demand, adding to uncertainties about its faltering economy. Chinese industrial profits fell by 2.1% in the first eight months of 2022 versus the same period last year. In currencies, the US dollar has surrendered some of its strength against most currencies, particularly the pound and the New Zealand dollar. Moving over to commodities, oil ticked higher this morning after hitting the lowest level since early January as a rally in the dollar paused owing crude even as concerns remained about tighter monetary policy and weaker demand. WTI crude climbed 0.7% to $77.21 a barrel. Gold is also under some pressure this morning, trading at around the $1,635 an ounce mark. So what can we expect for the day ahead? European stock futures are looking largely positive, which could be a precursor for the first day of gains in some time. Hungary's central bank, the MNB, will announce its interest rate decision at 2 p.m. local time today, when it's expected to raise its base rate by another 100 points to 12.75%. And later this afternoon, U.S. new home figures will be released, as will U.S. consumer confidence data, with economists expecting the numbers to show confidence rising for the second straight month as gas prices remain under pressure. And that's all from me for today. I would now like to hand over to Dario Messi, Fixed Income Strategy with his analysis on the outcome of the Italian general election.
2: Yeah, thank you, Jonathan. Good morning to all of you. Maybe before we move to Italy, just a few words, as you already mentioned it, on the once again uh, dramatic move in in global yields yesterday. This uh, mix of UK uh, tax cuts, David uh, will certainly talk about it later, Uh, a market still somehow digesting the Fed, and also generally uh, the moves that we also see in in the currency markets. This really continues to keep this volatility extremely high. I mean, another 40 basis points for the 10-year yields uh, after we already saw a remarkable sell-off last week. Um, Also looking at the 10-year US Treasury yield, getting closer and closer to this 4%. And yeah, also yields in Europe, most of them, some 10 basis points higher. Uh, But at least we have to say, we see that credit spreads stayed quite calm this time around, and we also stick to our strategy here of moderate credit credit risk exposure. Now, as you said, coming to Italy, um, as you most likely saw in the media, Italian voters headed to the polls over the weekend, and the result was more or less as expected. Uh, we, we will have a major shift in the Italian political landscape. The right-wing party Fratelli d'Italia, led by uh, Giorgia Meloni, is the clear winner of the election. So together with uh, Salvini's Lega and also Berlusconi's Forza Italia, the center-right coalition takes the majority in in the parliament. And with that, it is very likely that Meloni gets the task to be the first female prime minister in the country and also to present the cabinet then. So this cabinet needs to get the confidence vote by parliament and still this formation of a new government will, will certainly take some time likely someone late next month only. So what's our take on this? Well, the same as before the election, uncertainty prevails, basically. Uh, we, we lack details in the fiscal proposals. Uh, it is questionable also how stable just the new government will be. And importantly, there is still substantial disagreement between Meloni and Salvini. Uh, looking at Ita- Italian government bonds, they have extended their losses yesterday. 10 year spread versus the German sovereign bonds a- increased slightly, support surpassing this two hundred forty, sorry, two hundred and forty basis points mark, um, now at the widest since two thousand and twenty. In our view, as we outlined already last week in, in this podcast, the, the abilities to, to stick to this recovery and resilience plan agreed with the European Commission is the key element. Meeting these goals outlined there in the plan is necessary, but not only to receive the upcoming tranches of the EU funds, but also to be eligible for the ECB's new instrument, which was introduced to counter uh, fragmentation risk in the eurozone. As such, we, we do not regard the election result per se as a reason to downgrade the segment in our fixed income strategy, We still have an overweight for periphery government bonds and the buy rating for Italy, given the spread advantage. And as we also don't expect another European debt crisis. As I said before, at this point, we closely monitor how the new government will act on the implementation of the reform plan. And moreover, we would also focus on the ECB's next step when it comes to quantitative tightening. There are now and then rumors that they might discuss it quite soon. However, Lagarde also yesterday again said that the ECB first needs to normalize rates, um, which has still some lags to go. That's it from my side. Uh, Back to you, John T.
1: Thank you very much, Dario. And now I'm pleased to hand over to Dave Meyer, Senior Economist, who will give us an update on the drop in the British pound.
0: Uh, Yes, good morning. So uh, Friday's mini-budget from the trust government... Uh, Turned out to be not so many, but in fact, uh, quite radical tax cutting exercise that sent the pound plunging and uh, decoupled it from surging yields. So Chancellor Quarteng's uh, short 30 minute speech uh, that raised the eyebrows of markets presented broadly two elements. So first, more details on the energy support plan. So the energy price cap for households and corporations. Second, and this was more important and the big surprise, uh, he presented the so-called Growth Plan 2022 that introduced a wide range of tax cuts and measures to, and um, this is a quote, to turn the vicious cycle of stagnation into a virtuous cycle of growth. So these measures include a lower basic income tax, down 1% to 19%, um, a cut of the uh, top income tax rate, Uh, from 45% to 40%. Also a cancellation of the planned corporate tax hike uh, to 25%, among a a lot of other measures. So with this plan, obviously the uh, trust government aims to ignite future growth. Um, So a higher potential gross domestic product of 2.5% annually uh, was praised. And this uh, kind of in turn is hoped to make up for the uh, tax income losses and the cost of the energy bill cap now uh, we have seen uh, financial markets reacted rather worried Uh, they were not so thrilled by this first cent they got from uh, trustonomics so uh, and I'd like to now address these these issues markets see so you know this large uh, fiscal spending impulse uh, from the plan risks to push up inflation pressures in the medium term And that could prompt uh, the Bank of England to hike more and sooner. So markets even uh, also debated an emergency hike, uh, also to stabilize the pound, although this seems uh, less likely now. So in reaction, uh, we revised our expectations for the Bank of England's um, policy rate trajectory up by 50 basis points to uh, an additional 125 basis points uh, to come this year so that's a uh, 70 basis points in November and 50 basis points hike in December so we now foresee a rate of uh, a policy rate of 3.5 percent by end of this year with admittedly uh, quite a large risk of more to come I mean markets uh, price even uh, rate hikes beyond four percent now but that seems a bit overdone in our view Um, Markets also see fiscal stability at risk, so um, additional borrowing is required to finance this exercise. But yeah, we also have seen that uh, 10-year gilt yields uh, yields, uh, shot up beyond 4% due to the expected growth and uh, inflationary impact of this package. And this raises uh, borrowing costs. Um, And this uh, comes all in a time while the Bank of England had already ended gilt purchases that uh, could keep uh, yields low. So in reaction to all this, uh, uh, the pound uh, decoupled uh, from interest rates or the rise of the guilds. And this uh, looks to be like a risk markdown on the pound due to this, uh, I'd say, mismatch uh, between monetary and fiscal policy and the large uncertainties attached uh, to this uh, plan going forward. Um, this uh, risk markdown is likely to stay and keep the pound uh, unable to benefit from higher uk rates so we cut our uh, euro pound forecast to 0.90 for three months and 0.88 for uh, 12 months this in fact uh, translates into a cable forecast of pound us dollar 1.06 in three months and 1.14 in 12 months Finally, uh, last word maybe uh, on this uh, uh, trustonomics, we think it could become a burden for the Conservatives uh, looking ahead to the uh, uh, next elections that are due probably in 2024 or at least before January 2025. Um, You know, given this risky plan and tax cuts that mainly benefit the rich, it would not surprise if the pendulum uh, would swing back to labor. And that's all from my side. Um, Back to you.
1: Great. Thank you very much, Dave. And that brings us to the end of today's episode of the Moving Markets podcast. Thanks for tuning in and we hope you'll join us again soon. Bye for now.
0: The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliasbear.com forward slash
2: legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information.